There's a lot of things in the world that just do not make sense. Like why there's so few believers on the firing line. While so many others sit the fence. But if you want to know where the word of God stands. And believe it wants to use your feet and hands. It's time to take your faith out of the seats. And into the streets. And come along with me. If you'll only look, then you will see on WCNTV. Hey, this is Mike Heath, and I am hosting for Rob Pugh, the Wisconsin Christian News TV live stream this week. And thanks for tuning in. Glad you're here. we got a few folks in the studio audience, and I'd encourage you to share this link with friends and family. Put it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever social media poison you, uh, you LinkedIn, you know, the one that you use. And let folks uh, know about it. You know, we've reached a time in human history where there's this great blessing and curse at the same time called social media. You know, we are experiencing cancel culture now, and uh, we've been become embedded. Some of us sell products or we get involved in businesses and we help ourselves out on Facebook or on YouTube and whatever. And we, are Christians, and we're watching trusted voices disappear. They're being canceled. Their entire archive, their library of videos just disappearing all of a sudden in a moment from YouTube. They've produced and created, spent tens of thousands, maybe some of them hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, promote and the gospel and evangelize on these platforms. And all of a sudden, they're gone. And we're all trying to figure out how to use these uh, social media platforms in this very fast-changing and threatening uh, environment. And so I get it, but I think we, uh, especially Christians, can summon the courage to take some risks and put out information like what Rob Pugh promotes on WCNTV.net. Spencer is our producer. Spencer, can you go ahead and pull up that website real quick, wcntv.net. We've been uploading and producing content there now for a year and a half. There's a lot of guests for shows in the past who you'll recognize. Well worth the time. Each show is an hour long. Today's show will be an hour long. As I said, we've got some folks in the studio audience. Uh, Encourage them to be thinking about points they want to make, questions they want to ask of me or our guest. Today, before we get to our guest, who's someone I uh, know very well because she's my wife, I want to open with a scripture. 
going to be reading from the message version of the Bible. I'm going to look down here at the Bible and, and read while I'm, uh, I'm going to read it from my laptop here. This is Psalm 51, beginning in verse 7. Soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow white life. Talking to God. Tune me into foot tapping songs. Set those once, set these once broken bones to dancing. This is David talking after he'd been caught sinning, being an adulterer with Bathsheba. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Just scroll back up there for a minute, Spencer. I want to read, tune me into foot-tapping songs. Set these once broken bones to dancing. And this is something, it's an idea that my wife, Polly, has taken to heart since being a child. She uh, developed an interest in the piano and in singing in church when she was growing up. And she went on to produce many songs. But in addition to being a singer, songwriter, and speaker, she's produced and released uh, six CDs. She's also a camera woman. And... We produced a one-minute video this weekend here in New England, which I apologize for the audio. Uh, the waterfall is quite loud in the background, but hopefully it won't be too overwhelming. This is one minute long, and we produced this this weekend. Go ahead, Spencer. I'm so glad I'm back in New England. I guess you can see why right behind me. This is uh, a waterfall in New England, and just decided yesterday that I'm going to start Mike Heath Live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. in the morning and Saturdays at 10 a.m. going to encourage uh, people in Maine to call in and make their points and ask questions about my campaign for governor of Maine. That's right, I'm running for governor of the state of Maine. I love Maine. It's my home state. This is one of the reasons I love it so much. I was raised hiking short trails like the one we just hiked to get here. And look forward to talking more about how we're going to preserve the beauty of New England. Using politics, using our, our heart and our soul, fighting for what's right. So tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday to Mikey Live. I'm so glad. All right, that, that's you can stop it there. So, so Polly, come on in here. This is my lovely bride of thirty-eight years, and uh, so you can add to singer, songwriter, and speaker. We'll add another slash, camera woman. <laughs> yes, it was my pleasure, Mike. And don't tell them what I was wearing on my feet that day. No, <laughs> yeah, someone in the chat just asked if that's snow in the background, and. Indeed, it is snow. This is this is New England, and it was funny. We were walking up the the trail. It was a mile and a third or so, mile and a quarter long, up a fairly steep incline. And uh, Polly forgot her hiking boots, and so we were walking up the trail, and people were passing us or or coming down the trail. And some of them had not just hiking boots. There was one family that walked past us, 
and they had uh, a, a young child and uh, mom and dad, and they all had the latest foot gear, including crampons. And those are little things you strap onto your hiking boots that have like little uh, pins on on the on the sole. To, so if you get into ice, you get in trouble. And I, when I saw that, I thought, hmm, Polly was wearing flip flops. Are you yes, there? Yes, I'm here. I'm <laughs> oh, showing, showing everybody my flip flops. You're showing. They're me. great Spenco flip flops, and they got me through the ice. In fact, one lady said, "Oh, you need to turn back right now because there's ice up ahead." And I thought, well, we'll give it a try. The Indians lived here a lot longer before anybody had hiking boots, so I might be able to do it with my flip flops. And sure enough, I did. We, it we was fun. It. We made it. It was fun. It was great. And it, it, I didn't feel like you were in danger at all. I mean, it was. There My was, fearless there was... hero would have taken care of me if I'd <laughs> right. fallen. Right, That's honey? Right. That's right. So we're blessed to be uh, in New England and able to enjoy beautiful vistas like that uh, waterfall. And uh, Polly uh, has written over 50 songs, right? Yes, I have. And I've recorded them. And I'm so blessed to share them with everybody. If you visit paulieheath.com, you can listen to my music or go to YouTube and just type in Polly Heath. And I'd love to worship with you online. So uh, to get us started, uh, we're going to talk about uh, you've produced some familiar hymns, uh, Christ the Solid Rock. So we're going to play just a minute or so of that to give you a sense of uh, her music. So uh, go ahead, Spencer. So that's a familiar hymn with a different sort of arrangement uh, to it. Uh, why'd you choose that hymn, honey? Oh, because Jesus is my rock. When you think about the scriptures, there's so many dozens and dozens of scriptures that talk about Jesus as our rock. And in this world today, with so much sinking sand and so much COVID and so much other you know, things that are really coming down on us in a hard way, we have to have something solid in this world. And Jesus is my solid rock. And that's one of my favorite hymns. Christ, the solid rock. And these are, you mentioned COVID. And I think I, I, I want, I, 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 it's real, right? It probably, it's, it's a, it probably come out of a lab. It's weaponized, but over 94% of people survive when they get it. Uh, younger people under uh, in their under in being in their seventies uh, are closer to ninety nine percent survival. 
I think a lot of what's going on is uh, psychological. It's based on the fear, which is being pushed by the media and the government. And uh, I found throughout the whole experience that uh, realizing that Christ is my uh, solid rock has helped immeasurably. Yes. And, you know, whether COVID is real or if it's psychological or political, which we think it's somewhat political, there are many people that have suffered not just from the COVID, but from the broken hearts. I'm thinking of the elderly people in nursing homes. Last year, I knew of a family that had a dad that was dying in a nursing home and they weren't allowed to go in and see him. And so I think some people are dying of a broken heart instead of of the COVID and just being separated. I have another friend who lives in a home uh, for people that are brain injured, and they kept her in that home for the whole year. She wasn't allowed to go to the YMCA. She wasn't allowed to go to the grocery store. She wasn't allowed to go anywhere out of that house, and no one could come visit her. And I think it's really sad what's happened but she listens to my music and she call, she texts me and we call each other and she just dwells on Jesus and good things. And Philippians says to do that. Philippians 4, 4 through 8, 8 encourages us to, to think on good things. And it's been really challenging this year, I think, to do that. But music that people have written, Edward Moat back in 1834, who wrote The Solid Rock, I mean, that lasts for generations, we can still be encouraged by that. Amen. Amen. So we ha- do have some folks in the studio audience. I want to uh, pause here and t- turn to them and see if there's any comments or questions uh, right now. Um, Harry's usually good for something. I don't know if you, I don't want to put you on the spot, Harry, but um, anybody in the studio audience, uh, have a comment. I don't see any hands up, so I'm not going to linger here uh, very long. I want to say how ex- Oh, Harry, Harry left. Bye-bye. Harry. Deanne raised a hand. Go ahead, Deanne. Hi, Mike and Polly. How are you two doing today? I am just feel so blessed to be on your show with you. Amen. Um, Polly, I want to thank you so much for your wonderful music. Um, we have turned it on many times during the day and listened to it and Especially after what you've been through, Polly, you are such a blessing. And Mike, we enjoy you um, helping Rob out and co-hosting the show. So just wanted to say thank you both so much for everything that that you both do. And uh, we send our love to you. Oh, thank you, Deanne. It's great to hear your voice. We've shared, we've never met in person, but we've met on the phone. And so many of us through Coach Dave Live have become friends. And so I encourage you to go to Coach Dave Live at 7 a.m. Eastern. Can I give a little ad for Coach Dave Live, Mike? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Go ahead and pull that website up. Yeah. And so I I have other friends, especially the lady friends that I talk with on a regular basis on the phone. And this is the body of Christ. This is how we encourage each other. And especially last year, I went through uh, cancer and chemotherapy from December through March. I was already locked down because of that and my low blood counts. And so when COVID hit at the end of uh, March, I had already been quarantining for about four months. And so that just continued my quarantine and having friends like Deanne and and her husband and all the friends that we meet online that we can fellowship with is so important. I want to say how important it is to understand the 
uh, to think about and understand the nature of what's happening with this technology. You know, this show is live streaming. It also, it also becomes an archive at WCNTV.net, WCNTV.net. And uh, the world is really just at the beginning of understanding how to make this technology human. What I've seen, especially in how Coach Dave Dabemeyer has used this live streaming technology, he produces a one-hour show every morning at 7 a.m., is that it holds the promise of providing a lot of inspiration to folks who uh, have been separated by the uh, pressure that's being placed upon everybody on the planet from the direction of left-wing politics communism, I, I say, because the World Economic Forum and the United Nations have come out very publicly in books and uh, periodic and papers and said that they are uh, planning a property-less future as part of these smart cities that they're even now beginning to deploy. And a big part of their plan uh, is to have us, all humans, become uh, isolated and communicating with one another through screens. So just like I said earlier, the social media is both a blessing and a curse. This technology that we're using today for this live stream, which becomes an archive, is also a blessing and a curse. Um, and we really need to be mindful of that. Polly, you and I remember a time when this wasn't even possible, what we're doing right now. And we worked hard as Christians to promote the gospel, to apply it to politics. And as the internet emerged and as things became, uh, as this opportunity became more available to more folks, uh, we were being canceled. Uh, yes, cancel culture has been around a lot longer than you think. We were we were being canceled actually by Christianity because I refused to relent or to back off from declaring very publicly that uh, we ought not erode the rules and the laws and the cultural expectations and the uh, theological reasoning that supported marriage between a man and a woman and that we dare not erode any further the um, expectation that everybody had just 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, regarding sex outside of marriage. And I spoke about that very, very publicly for two decades as the leader of Maine's largest evangelical Christian organization, institution. But I got canceled. And that was 10, 12, 15 years ago. And uh, Polly was right there with me. And this is critical for us to, uh, to, un to understand because um, all of us, all of us Christians are dealing with the feelings and the effects of living through this cancel culture on Facebook, on YouTube, in our workplace, at school. And uh, the emotions are powerful, aren't they? Aren't they, honey? Yes, they are. And we must not let ourselves think too short-sightedly. When you think about the reformers through history, they didn't have a good time of it. 
um, just go back to John the Baptist, you know, he didn't know what kind of long-term influence he was going to have. His head got cut off and put on a platter, literally, but his message lives on today. And so when I hear you talk about being canceled, I think about the fact that we're, we're faithful. We are called to be faithful in the time that we live. And God takes that faithfulness and he uses it through the generations. You think about Abraham not seeing the fulfillment of the promise God gave him, but he was faithful and that was counted unto righteousness in God's eyes. We just need to be faithful. And I think the neat thing about this show and Coach Dave Live and all of the opportunities we have to fellowship with people in Wisconsin, people in Kentucky, people in Ohio, all around the country is that we can encourage each other not to give up. And then don't tell anybody, but we do sneak off and get together real life, real time, even during the COVID shutdown. We manage to find ways to to fellowship together but i just i just it just popped into my head that the reformers were lived they lived and died and didn't know what was going to happen but god tells the rest of the story and so that encourages me mike even with your run for governor we don't know what's going to happen with the run for governor but we just pray every day that god will use the race to do his work his long-term work And we don't know exactly what that looks like. So every one of you listening today, you have a life, you have a sphere of influence, you have people that you touch all the time. And we may not think that what we do is very big. Uh, Mother Teresa said, you know, the biggest thing we can do is to love each other in the small ways. And we're just little pencils in God's hands. And then he takes that and he makes something really good out of it. And that's inspiration to write a song for me. We're here for we're here for a purpose. You are on this earth. You are tuned in to this show right now because God has something very important that only you can do. Only you can do. Polly, you, you, as you were growing up, you, you developed a nickname because you took your relationship with Jesus Christ very seriously from the age of seven and you uh, were given a nickname at the public school you attended here in Maine, Polly Purebred, right? Yes, yes. And I was one of the only Christians in my class growing up in a small town in a small school. There was one other um, boy named David, and he and I were the Christians, and we just shared our faith, and some of our friends came to Christ, and we don't know what even what happened to, to those long-term commitments to Christ. But we know that we were just called to be faithful in the way that God put us here to do it. And and that's that's what we do. I'm going to play just a minute or so of uh, what I think of as my wife's sort of signature song. It's called Make Me Pure. And you wrote this how long ago? Oh, boy. I can't remember, but I remember that the boys were home. We have three sons. They're grown, and now we have six grandchildren. And I was feeling like parenting was way over my head, and uh, somehow I missed the manual on how to parent well. And so I was crying out to God one day and saying, God, I don't have the kind of love that I need to have for my kids. I don't have what it takes to be a great parent and I need your help. And I was, it was really a prayer from my heart. And then I put it to music and 
Here it is. Make me pure. Go ahead, Spencer. Spencer, that's Make Me Pure by Polly Heath, polyheath.com, P-A-U-L-I-E, polyheath.com. You can check out her entire discography there, which is uh, over 50 uh, songs that she's uh, either arranged, they're hymn, popular hymns like Amazing Grace, Christ of Solid Rock, which we played earlier in the show, and songs that she's written, like the one we just played, Make Me Pure. Harry, I see that you raised your hand. Harry Wilkinson is in the studio audience. If you're in our studio audience, we're uh, just getting started with that. And I encourage you to raise your hand there. There's, you, you'll find that functionality in the Meet app that, uh, in, into which you, you signed in. And uh, Harry, go. I apologize for cutting you off the last time. I reached for the mic and I hit off. But... No apology necessary. I love interruptions. Go. <laughs> you know, but what I wanted to say in this, in this song follows right along with it. It's just so good to hear music, be it old music we've heard forever or a new one like you just played that has meaning to it, not not some pop 7-Eleven stuff that's supposed to lead you to Christ. It leads me out the door. Mm. Um, songs like this have meaning. So thank you for them. Thank you. Amen. Thanks. Thank you, Harry. So, yep, Holly, uh, as a young child dedicated her uh, life to Christ. And in fact, it was that dedication to purity that drew me to her in high school. Uh, I saw something very special in her in addition to her stunning looks um, <laughs> that, uh, that, that attracted me to her at the age of 17, 18 years old. And I pursued her. I chased her. She uh, played hard to get. And it took me a few years. And now eventually... I'm chasing him 38 <laughs> years later, the tiger by his tail. But eventually I persuaded her to uh, marry me. And we've been in ministry our whole uh, life. And we started in ministry taking care of mentally ill and recovering people, people recovering from cocaine addiction and alcohol, deep uh, and desperate alcohol addiction in a place called Bethany Acres, the house of poverty, right? And, and we've never 
we've always, we've always, uh, God's never given, God's never made us rich, unfortunately, as much as we, much as I'd like to have had that experience. It's never happened. God I think it's us. fortunately, I think it's, we're yeah. blessed Amen. to have exactly what God wants us to have. Yes. And he's, even though we've never uh, been rich, we've always spent every penny. He's taken us around the world and given us the opportunity to bless many hundreds, if not thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of people. And I think it's just beginning, uh, honey, because of the Internet. I, I really I am very hopeful about the future. And we're going to go to a break now. And you're going to want to stay tuned because there's a lot of desperation. Suicide rates are going up. People are scared to death of getting COVID. I, I, I'm, I'm feeling like take the masks off. You know, it's been a year. We know that. But now they're. The media, of course, is spinning up this variant narrative and, and they're doubling down on the fear and, and just injecting you know, politicians. Our governor here in Maine just will not back off. I mean, thank God she doesn't have us, have us locked down, but um, everything else is in place. You know, wear the mask, wear three masks, listen to Dr. Fauci and you know, or you're going to die tomorrow. And I mean, it's just crazy. It's been a year and our economy is suffering and. Uh, parents and grandparents are separated from their 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 loved ones, and the thing that drives me absolutely insane is the way that we have treated our elderly. I, I'm having a hard time deciding whether our elderly have died died in these nursing homes from COVID or from a broken heart. I, I heard about one uh, friend of mine who I've known for 30 years, who. Uh, took ill. He's in his 80s, and he ended up in a home here in Maine. And his loved ones, he's not able. They're not able to come to him. They have to look at him through plexiglass. He's his mind is uh, is 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 diminished. And I just I can't. It's just it's stunning to me that we, given the science the the science right, that we've done this. That we're doing this to our to our loved ones, our elderly loved ones, and I wonder, frankly, again, I, COVID's a real thing, but I wonder, frankly, how many people are dying from broken hearts and from fear and from the uh, psychological effects of what's being done globally by the uh, UN and the World Economic Forum and people like uh, Anthony Fauci. But we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're not going to talk about how. Uh, this thing is so how our situation is so desperate. We're, desperate. We're going to talk about how uh, how there's uh, God's grace is real and there's hope for the future. And we're going to look at some specifics uh, through the lens of music, Polly's music, uh, for how we can proceed with hope and pursue beauty and know God better, even in these desperate times. So stay tuned. Uh, two minutes. We'll be back. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls plus testing for heavy metals makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. 
When you purchase from simplycleanfoods.net, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Right now, Amazon Prime members will receive fast two-day shipping. Go to simplycleanfoods.net. That's simplycleanfoods.net. But do it today. At the McClario Firm, it all starts with family. We're here to serve you and your family, online or in person. Call today for a free consultation. The McClario Firm, your law firm for life. Start. Pornography is a destructive force. It destroys individuals, families, and fuels the out-of-control demand for sex trafficking. 45% of Christian families say porn is a problem in their home, but why aren't churches and public schools talking about this? Fear. People who view porn think they're the only one. It's a lie. Statistically, more people view porn than who do not and struggle in silence. www.lynnfrederick.com. You can find the book I wrote about my own battle with porn and the presentations that I do for churches and public schools. lynnfrederick.com. Tired of bad news? Do the teenagers in your life need a break from social media and mind-numbing entertainment? Wouldn't it be great to inspire them to connect with God and others and to live outside their phones? The Off the Itinerary series by M. Liz Boyle does just that, and reviewers love the blend of adventure and Christian themes. Readers enjoy the action-packed stories and relatable characters. Go to mlizboyle.com for discussion guides and purchase links. So in these challenging times, is it even reasonable to ask God if his glory is in it all? Is it right, reasonable, is, is, or is that just a far-out loony thing to ask? Your glories in it all. That's the title of a song that I like very much that my wife, Polly, wrote. She's our guest on WCN-TV Live this week. And thank you if you're in the studio audience. Thanks for, for coming in. And if you're watching on uh, one of the social media platforms where we live stream, thank you for watching. Go to WCNTV.net and check out the archive that goes back a year and a half of shows just like this one. So, Polly, your glory's in it all. Tell us about where that song came from. Yes, the simplicity of life. Life gets very complicated, and sometimes we're uh, the ones who complicate it. God doesn't always ask us to do the things that we choose to do, or as much of the things that we choose to do. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am humble and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus wants us to come to him, and he is in the little things. Yesterday, Mike and I had the joy of spending the afternoon with our four of our grandchildren. What a blessing. The older I get, the more grandchildren I have, the more I realize that it's the simple things. It's the simple taking a walk with the kids around the neighborhood or uh, just discovering uh, the tadpoles or all of those little things that kids are so curious about. Life is new for them. And sometimes we forget that life can be new for us. Uh, Psalm 90. 92, uh, 12 through 14 talks about how we're going to be fresh and green in our old age and bearing fruit if we are righteous, if we love the Lord. He keeps us fresh and green. And my mom is 83 years old. My mother-in-law is 83. 
We have a good friend who lives here in our home as well, who's going to be 83 this year. And they are fresh and green. I can attest to it. I live with them. And they're just full of life and love and laughter. And you can actually be 83 years old and still laugh and have joy in your heart. You can be six years old and have love and joy and laughter in your heart and everything in between. And so I was inspired to write this song with that message in mind. Your glory's in it all. Go ahead, Spencer. Okay, Spencer. So, Polly, your glory's in it all. One of the songs that you wrote, which we're not going to have time to look at today, was I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And one of the things that God has done with you and me through our uh, career, through our life, is bring politics together with Christianity, politics together with uh, state issues. And there was a campaign on marriage where we did a rally. 500 people showed up in the rain. And you sang that song. I think it was I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. And uh, it ended up, be- uh, I'm told, I, I never watched it, but it ended up becoming a featured element in an attack ad, an attack commercial uh, that was used uh, against us uh, pretty prominently. Did you feel like his glory was in that when you were, go- when, when you were going through that? Well, it never feels fun to be ridiculed, but the one of the verses, I didn't write that song. It's an old spiritual. And I have a feeling a lot of slaves in the South sang that song while they were in the fields working and their life was not happy, but they chose to worship Jesus anyway. And one of the verses is, if none go with me, still I will follow. And when the press does that to us and we feel like none is going with us, we're just all alone with Christ. The, you know, we know that to, it's an honor to share in the sufferings with Christ. And in, we don't get our reward here on in this earth. We get our reward on the other side for faith. You know, that's all. And it's my conviction that we're 
we're going to get to the other side of this crisis that we're in, not just in the United States of America, but around the world by being Christian first and uh, political second. We need to bring our Christianity together with uh, politics the way that you and I have for the past three decades. More of us must do that or uh, we are looking at the collapse of our nation and perhaps Western civilization because uh, politics and economics are obviously inadequate, insufficient to uh, carry us through this particular crisis that we're in. And uh, we're going to have to, Christians are going to have to rise up and they're going to have to be willing to take the kind of abuse that you took, honey, when you saw your song, your song become part of a uh, something that was focus grouped and that uh, tens of thousands of dollars was spent figuring out how to take the the most juicy little video that they could find from that rally and inject it into their ad and persuade a majority of the uh, public in Maine to agree with them in that particular campaign. We're going to be up against that kind of thing uh, in, a, in a much bigger way than you and I were during that campaign. Do you remember how that campaign went? Did we win that one or did we lose that one? I can't, I've, I, folks, I have been through so many political campaigns in the name of Jesus through my career that I've, I, I can't keep them all straight. So I don't remember, but I remember it was the name of Jesus that they don't like. Mm. You know, you can tell even in the constitution, they don't mention the name of Jesus, but when you talk about Jesus, it's almost as if it cuts right to the heart. Mm. And I think that's a, a point that people don't like to talk about Jesus. And yet he is the one savior, the one redeemer for our lives. And so we need to be courageous and bold. Like you say, our life is not here. We're just passing through. We're sojourners here. We must not get so comfortable and materialistic that we don't want to leave this life because it's only after we cross over. Remember, Mike, when we read the book by Peter Kraft, Love is Stronger Than Death. And Peter Kraft says that we are in a womb of life here. It's like being in the womb of a mother. And when the birth comes, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of uncomfort for the baby coming through that birth canal. But on the other side is the joy of the new life. And today we can think that we're in the birth pangs maybe of coming into our eternal life. But on the other side is where our life really begins. We're just in the womb right now. We're not even experiencing our real eternal life yet. And so if we can have the long range view of what our life is really going to be like on the other side, those who endure to the end shall be saved. So we endure, we share in the suffering of Christ, we take the abuse. And I don't feel that I've been persecuted, even though you and I have had a lot of harassment in the press over the years. It hasn't been persecution, not even close to the persecution Amen. that the Chinese Christians and the, the North Korean Christians and other Christians in Middle Eastern countries experience. If you get the Voice of the Martyrs magazine, you can see what real persecution is. We're just being harassed at this point. It may come. I remember last fall around the time of the election, hearing a pastor who was having dreams about what might be coming. And he started warning people to be prepared for real persecution in America. We've never known that. But a lot of other Christians have known it for generations, for, for decades. Well, so, so it, we need to be ready know, for that. 
we Christians are, 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 are people of the book. And one of the reasons, one of the things that means is that we look to the Bible and the stories in the Bible the, as examples for how we uh, can and should live our lives. You brought up earlier John the Baptist, and I've always found it fascinating that John the Baptist was baptizing. He was uh, performing a spiritual function, uh, baptizing sinners in the River Jordan. Herod came by and he ran up there, uh, in that area and he called him out for sexual sin. And as you said earlier, he lost his head for that. Now he could, he, why didn't he just stay in the Jordan and just keep baptizing? Why didn't he just stay in this stained glass fortress, you know, safe out there in the wilderness away from Herod? He didn't have to run up to Herod on the street. No, he, he hadn't to, heard he, about he, the separation of church and state. You yeah, just keep yourselves have, in the church walls and let yeah, other people. He didn't have to get political. political he didn't yeah. have to get political. But he or, did. Or, or maybe he did have to get political. <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe you have to uh, consider being a little more political inside your family or inside your church or uh, in your neighborhood. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit is is moving in you as you become aware of issues in a different way, because perhaps you've turned the television off. Perhaps you've, 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 uh, you're shifting your source of information to uh, sources that you trust, as opposed to these sources that come at you easily that you're used to reading the news, the daily newspaper or the evening news, the local news on TV or the national news on TV. Perhaps you're shifting away from that because you're maybe losing your trust in those sources. And, you know, as that's happening, you're being challenged to confront people or issues that you have never confronted before. And that's a, that can be uh, a challenging place uh, to be. But I would, I just want to say from my own experience that I, as I look back on 30 years of uh, being used uh, by God uh, in the faith, in Christianity, in politics, in public life, uh, countless stories in, in the press going back 30 years, that uh, it's the moments where I was tried the hardest and where I suffered the most, where I continue, from which I continue to learn the most. So don't run away from doing the hard thing because it's hard. Um, pray, ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, practice prudence, in your words and in your actions and, and keep moving in the direction of Christ, not in the direction away from Christ. Right. Honey? That's great. That's great advice, Mike. You know, the older I get, the more not I mine. realize it comes from C.S. Lewis, right? I mean, he's the one yeah. Kind of and and C.S. Lewis said every day we make little decisions that either take us closer to heaven or closer to hell. And we just keep making those little decisions. And if we get off track and we start making the wrong decisions, we're really moving ourselves closer to hell, to the other end. But I wish somebody had told me as a young teenager that life was going to get hard and God was going to test me to see what I was made of. First Corinthians chapter three talks about what are we made of? Wood, hay and stubble that can be burned up or precious stones. And I wish I'd been more prepared for the trials that come, that always come, the Bible's full of them, the Old Testament and the New Testament. But nobody, I just didn't get it. For some reason, I thought if I did everything right, that my life would be great. I'd have the American dream. I'd have a house in the country with my wonderful 
uh, knight in shining armor, which I do have actually, but, and the, the children and, and everything would be lovely. Well, then life got hard and we got attacked politically and we were trying to do the right thing. But God tests us. He always tests us. Every one of us gets tested. And what are we going to do with the tests? Some people are tested in different ways. We're tested politically. Other people are tested relationally in their personal lives. Other people are tested financially, physical health wise. I mean, and some of us are tested in all those ways, like Job in every single way, it seems like. But we need to be up for the test and to know that this is not our life and that when the tests come, we're going to stand on the solid rock of Christ. And so we need to surround ourselves with other believers. We need to surround ourselves with the word of God. We need to surround ourselves with the church that helps us to carry on. We've got to be fortified for what comes our way. And this show, I hope, is encouraging you today to do that. So I decided earlier this year uh, to drag Polly up from North Carolina, where we were living for a few years, helping our youngest son start a business, actually the business which is producing this show. You should go check out Jared's website. He's my youngest son, althatech.com, A-L-T-H-A-T-E-C-H-I-C. Spencer's pulling it up right now. Althatech.com. There's a video there of uh, my bald-headed uh, 30-something-year-old son who runs alphatech.com, who started it five years ago. And um, so I dragged Polly back here because as the COVID crisis matured in 2020, I developed the conviction that I wasn't uh, fully investing what God had given me for influence or, or power, if you will, uh for 20 years i was as i said earlier the uh most well-known christian in maine because i took a position on homosexuality that was controversial and won some critical populist battles in the 90s and in the aughts the first decade of the new uh millennium and so i became very well known in the state of maine but not outside the state of maine i did i did a lot of international interviews uh back then but um but my my power, my influence is in Maine, and we were in North Carolina, and I really felt like I needed to invest that uh, that resource, that network, uh, because I wasn't doing anything with it in North Carolina. So we moved a thousand miles. I made two or three trips. I won't get into all the details, but we've had a <laughs> we've had a really challenging uh, start to the year, including hitting a deer in 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 my SUV busting up the front of it on the way to get Polly the second time. But I mean, I could go on and on with stories about how God allowed the devil to kind of do a job on me in the last, in the first quarter of the year. But we do have a campaign that has started. A number of people are uh, looking at it and are very interested in it. The Heath for Governor campaign, heathforgovernor.com. Maine is uh, led by a, Spencer's pulling it up right now. Maine is led by a Democrat governor named uh, Janet Mills. I call her Jezebel Janet Mills. Uh, she's killing everything. She uh, did the shutdown. She did all the stuff that and that shut down Maine's economy. Maine is uh, like one of the poorest. The last time I checked, it was the only nation that was uh, the state in the nation that was poorer than Maine was West Virginia. We're way down at the bottom in terms of our um, economy. 
And we are highly dependent on small and medium-sized businesses. We don't have a lot of industry here. And uh, a lot of those small and medium-sized businesses, especially the small ones, are concession, restaurant, service industry type business, uh, businesses that uh, exist because of tourism. And of course, tourism has been very hard hit in the past year. And I can't help but feel that uh, Maine is being, is being uh, forced to fit into the um, plan that the United Na Nations published 20 years ago, uh, Agenda 21. Okay, here I, I, I need to put my tinfoil hat on right now, right? Because I mentioned the word Agenda 21. So everybody's going to run and say the guy's a nutcase because he mentioned Agenda 20. But it's a real thing. The United Nations published it. And part of Agenda 21 is turning Maine into a park. So basically, uh, making it a playground for the global rich. And uh, Maine natives aren't too happy about that idea. In fact, in Northern Maine, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding that for decades. Well, since it came out a couple decades ago. Um, of course, now it's all very, very public, becoming very, very public. And uh, so I felt a duty to try to energize that network, come back to Maine and run for governor. And uh, Polly, of course, being my spouse has been dragged into it. So how are you doing with it these days, honey? <laughs> you got me on a good day, Mike. Yeah, it's <laughs> up and down um, as life is, full of surprises. But so far, the campaign's going very well. Mike's speaking around the state somewhat. Uh, I think one of my jobs is to make sure he's speaking around the state. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, not all the altogether unfamiliar to us because Maine is a small state. When you think about the population, it's yeah, only one million people. So when you think of running for governor, oh my goodness, how could you run for governor? But in a small state where you're well known already, it's not that challenging. In fact, if you have high name ID like Mike does. His name ID is up there with the former governor and the bishop of the Catholic Church, which is kind of large here in Maine, too. Um, it's not that challenging. But the challenge comes with staying on point like John the Baptist did, even when it's suggested that we become, uh, yeah, that, you know, soften the message, change that, the tone right. and style. That's an, interest, that's an interesting point. And that's, the, and that's one of the reasons that uh, I'm trying to gently push back against the criticism I'm getting. If you go to my website, heathforgovernor.com, and watch the less than one minute long video there, you'll see that I end the video saying, and nobody, I, we've got time. What time is it? 3.54. Uh, Spencer, go ahead and play that video. It's, just, it's less, it's like 50 seconds long. I think we can, we've got an, an attention span that can last 54 seconds. Go ahead. I'm Michael Stewart Heath. You know me. I've always fearlessly defended family life. Jezebel Janet Mills is killing everything. I need your help to stop her. This website is your one-stop shop for all things Heath for Governor campaign. Don't leave without donating seed money to help me stop her from closing vacation land for the 2021 tourist season. We cannot afford to cower in fear, masked up and hiding from a bug that doesn't kill anybody. Let's get to work. So I produced that during a snowstorm a, a month, 
month and a half ago, and I'm getting just gentle sort of pushback for that last statement that uh, that uh, the virus doesn't doesn't kill anybody. And what was in my mind when I said that, I mean, obviously it's hyperbole, but at the same time, I believe that good science, real science, would uh, bring into the equation of people's deaths related to the virus. This, the whole point that I made earlier about psychology and fear and the role that plays and the role that politics and shutting down the economy and locking us down and forcing the masks and, you know, creating this, these uh, rules, none of which jive together and just unleashing global chaos economically. Um, I, so I, I'm going to stand by what I said there. And, uh, and it's, it's, that's that's kind of I view that as the as the John the Baptist sort of mode or of of, of Christian speech in politics, Christian narrative, Christian uh, work in in politics, and I I take some uh, comfort from Donald Trump, uh, you know, who stepped up and gained so much power and and did so much good as a populist, as a businessman, by e even going further than what I did there, and uh, and and. Um, uh, personally insulting his uh, enemies, his political opposition uh, on Twitter. So Clay raised his hand. We've got three minutes left. Clay, go ahead. Yeah, Mike. I uh, just wanted to tell you, even though I'm down in Tennessee, uh, I want to thank you for running for governor of Maine because Maine Maine is part of the United States of America. And it, and what, what happens in Maine is going to affect the rest of us. And so you are doing a great job by providing Maine the opportunity to vote for a great American. Amen. You're giving them the choice of voting for a possibly a good politician or a great American. So I, I thank you. Thank you, brother. And uh, you keep up the good work. And just a quick note on Polly. She's one of the kindest, nicest people that I know. And, uh, and it, it, it shows in her music. And when you listen to Polly's music, you're hearing the real thing come through there. So anyway, love you guys. Love Thanks you for too, uh, having your show. Thank, Thank you, Clay. Clay. Give our Thanks love for... to Kathleen, too. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, Will do. For... Thanks for coming on. we got two minutes left. Anybody else with a comment? I don't see any other hands, but... Uh... Well, our goal in, with the show is has been to... Oh, Deanne raised her hand. Go ahead. Dan, I don't know if you can unmute there. There we go, guys. Um, just wanted to say that through all of this, um, we have been finding some great opportunities. We were in the grocery store this morning. There was a lady walking through and she had her, I call it face diaper, <laughs> in her hand. And I stopped and I said to her, I said, nice smile. And she kind of played around a little bit with it and she put it down and she said, um, yeah, I don't know why I wear it. And it gave both of us an opportunity to try to minister to her. I, I tried to talk to her about how God created us and we are not to hide the creation that, that God has made. And we shared some scriptures with her and um, we talked about, you know, Christ and, and how he is in all of this and he is our great rock that we stand on. So it was, it was a great opportunity to minister. And uh, I agree with Clay. Um, boy, Clay, you said it very, very well about Mike and, and Polly. Um, so thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for being Jean. such a light. Everywhere we go, we're, we can be a light. 
and inspire people to take the mask off and smile at each other and be real people again. We Amen. Can do it. Thank you. Thank you, Deanne. Thanks for your witness. Um, you're, listening, you're watching w, uh, Wisconsin Christian News television live stream. We'll be back next week. Actually, I won't, but Rob Q will be in the host chair, and he will have another great guest. I want to thank my wife, Polly, for being my guest today, talking about some of her music. Check her out online at polyheath.com, P-A-U-L-I-E, heath.com. Spencer's throwing up that website. And we'd love to be in touch and do what we can to uh, inspire and encourage you in your faith. Uh, We need God now more than we've ever uh, needed him. That's supremely obvious. And he's there for you. He is there for you. All you have to do, if you don't know him, all you have to do is pause right now and just talk to him. Just ask him if he's there. And then, uh, and then start looking online, wherever. Start, start looking for him. Just start looking for him. And I guarantee you, he's going to show up if you start looking for him. So thanks, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Polly, for being my guest on WCN TV Live, and have a great weekend. God bless you.